The New York Jets are now on the board. Okay, Jet fans, Darrell Revis. Being in New York has been one of the greatest blessings. Zach Smith Avenue, brand that one right now. The New York Jets flex. Welcome to another episode of NFL Draft Preview. Ethan Greenberg, Dane Brugler, back from the Senior Bowl. It was nice to see you in person for like the first time in a couple years. Have some nice sunshine, kind of, some warmer weather. Mobile is a fun trip, Dane, so it was good to see you in person, but no offense to you, I'm happy to be back home. Yeah, it's good to see you too. Uh, it was it was an interesting week because we had you know a dry practice, then a wet practice, and then an indoor practice. So three days of different elements going on, uh, and then of course it was nice and, and sunny for the game, uh, which was which good to see. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was it was good to catch up with a lot of people, but also I thought we learned a lot just based off what we saw in the field, what we're hearing behind the scenes, and so very productive week. And we're going to get into the different winners of the week, guys, and potentially some losers of the week, guys, that you weren't so impressed with, guys that you were impressed with. We're going to cover it all here, but I just want to paint the picture here. You mentioned the practices. For fans who aren't so familiar, like the game is not really important compared to the practices from the evaluator standpoint. Can you just explain why? Well, you know, and I think that the game does matter. Just it's good to see, you know, who continues that momentum into the game. Um, you know, some guys kind of turn it off after the practices, uh, but you want to see, you know, Perry on Winfrey. Uh, we'll talk about him, I'm sure, in a little bit. But perfect example, great week of practice and then was a monster during the game. And, and you want to see that. But the, if, for evaluation purposes, the practices are where that's the focus. That, that's where you learn the most. One on one drills, team drills. Uh, see how they move, uh, you know, how, what's their technique looking like. You get a better sense for uh, their movement skills, a uh, better sense for uh, their just all-around traits, uh, how do they hold up power-wise, uh, you know, for receivers, what do their routes look like uh, for running backs? Can they catch the ball cleanly out of the backfield? I mean, every single position has certain checkpoints that you want to see that you just don't always get to see uh, routinely in a game setting. So uh, I, I thought, you know, the, the tape is what matters during the season. But then when you get to the practices of the Senior Bowl, that's a chance to kind of, uh, is this going to confirm what we thought going in? Is there something different? Is someone going to stand out? Definitely some winners and losers from this week. Right, before we start, I just I just want to ask you one thing. Over your, I guess, left shoulder, is that a dog crate? You got a dog in the household over there in Ohio? <laughs> yeah, can you see that? Yeah, no, it's... Um, uh, it, it's kind of like it, it started in this room and then it, and it finally got kicked into my <laughs> office. So, uh, yeah, my, our yellow lab jacks, he, uh, he, he's not in the crate right now or else he'd be, he, he'd make an introduction <laughs> on the, on the, on the podcast. <laughs> we, we might need, we might need to have him make an introduction. His, his name is Jax, like J A X. That's it. That's it. Yep. And, and is there a reasoning behind the name? Uh, you know, I, I, I like the Sons of Anarchy, the show back when we got them, uh, it's uh, eight, nine years ago now. So, uh, that, that, that's where it comes from. But, uh, yeah, he, he's my scouting buddy until, until my son's Very ready nice. to take over that post. So is Jax eight or nine years old? We rescued him. So we think somewhere around there. Um, and I, we thought he was about a, a one when we got him. So, uh, you know, we don't know for sure, but, uh, yeah, probably around, probably around nine or 10. All right, well, Jax definitely does need to uh, make an appearance. Maybe we'll make a selection when we do the mock drafts. But there we, we got to see what Jax thinks. You know, you could put out um, the same treat or something, two different players, and then he could choose for us. I think I think fans would appreciate that. Yeah, no, if he, if he doesn't eat both of them, try to eat both of them at the same time. Yeah, I think that would work. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> 
All right, let's dive into the Senior Bowl here. Let's start with some winners. I, I just was going to start on the offensive side of the ball at a position that Jets fans had their eyes on as the green and white enter the offseason here. That's tight end. I feel like you mentioned the tight ends entering the week, how it was a good group headlined by Trey McBride. You had mentioned the lack of touchdowns being a question mark there. Mm-hmm. But your winner of the week was somebody who didn't play in the game. That's Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State, somebody who's from Long Island. What made him the winner in your eyes? And is he closer to McBride than he was at the beginning of the week? Or do you think that they both had impressive weeks and the gap is still what it is? Well, you know, I think that uh, for scouts that came into the week, maybe not all in on Ruckert or, you know, thinking that he would had a chance to really be a top three tight end in this class. I, I think he probably helped himself uh, for those scouts uh, because the way he moved uh, as a route runner, how he caught the ball, uh, the ball skills were terrific, consistently catching the ball outside his frame. Uh, you know, unfortunately he, he, he was there. He was present in practice uh, for the third practice, but uh, he was not participating uh, just a minor injury held him out, and then he didn't play in the game. So we only got two practices out of Rucker, but I thought he was terrific in both practices. Uh, I thought he helped himself. Uh, and, I, and I think you know, this is a tight end class that is a strength to this draft, but it's not a tight end class where there's necessarily star players. And we're not. I'd be very surprised if we had a first-round pick at tight end this year. I think that uh, in the second rounds when we start to talk about these guys, Trey McBride, Jeremy Rucker, maybe Isaiah Likely in there, uh, Greg Dulcich from UCLA, possibly as well. So, uh, but you know, I, I don't think, and I don't think any of them are guaranteed to be top forty picks either. And so, I, I think that when you look at the Jets and the way their draft capital sets up, they could be in a position to take one of these guys, you know, late second, early third, around that range. And they, I still think that they'll have their pick of a pretty good tight end. So, do you think that both McBride and Jeremy Ruckert? could be considerations for the Jets in the second round at 35 and 38 if they stay put at those positions? Probably. Uh, you know, I, I think, it, you know, it might be a little bit early, in my opinion, for for a tight end. Because if you're drafting a tight end that early, top 40, I think he needs to be a potential impact guy for your offense. You know, someone that is going to consistently move the sticks, be a, an impact player in the red zone. And both these guys are good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I still think that top 40 might be even be a little bit rich for me. And I know that's how a lot of teams feel. I don't know how the Jets feel, uh, if they think that might be too early or not. But, um, you know, and, and I think, again, the strength of this this tight end class is kind of the depth. And so I don't think you have to go tight end early uh, or, you know, panic uh, if, you, if maybe you think you might not get your guy later. Because I think there will be guys that slide down third round, fourth round that could be good players. So uh, if, if they love one of these tight ends, by all means, go get them in that early second round range. But I don't think it's a must because of the depth that this uh, tight end class offers. I feel like it's also, you have to balance where the, let's pretend that the Jets are staying where they put no trades in this hypothetical scenario, but the Jets are picking 38th and then 69th in the third round or whatever the exact number is. I, I, I feel like there's a weird scenario because you're like, all right, well, if we don't pick this guy, maybe he doesn't last till the third round. So what what do you do in that situation? Are you okay with potentially losing out on one of the guys that you want to draft and taking another guy at the same position? Just something to keep an eye on. And that applies for all positions here as we're going to talk about more on NFL Draft Preview. Let's move to the offensive line because Joe Douglas loves his offensive linemen. Jets fans always love to talk about the offensive line. Your winner on your article on The Athletic, everyone should go check that out, full winners and losers, or just winners. We're going to talk about some of the losers. Trevor Penning, I feel like 
I know we've talked about him each of our first two episodes in 2022. The first one, you were excited to see him. And then last week, you were talking about how maybe he didn't have quite the week you were to, you were expecting him to have, but he's still considered a winner of the Senior Bowl in your eyes. Why do you say that? Yeah, I, and I don't think that there was one necessarily one tackle that was just kind of blew everybody away. You know, defensive line, there were several candidates. It was hard to pick a the, the, the quote-unquote winner off the def- defensive line because there were so many candidates that you could choose from. Offensive tackle, I thought it was an up-and-down week for really everybody. You know, I thought uh, Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan, up and down. He got beat several times to the outside, but I also thought he recovered nicely in some areas. Abraham Lucas from Washington State. Uh, I thought he did a nice job, uh, you know, kind of getting better as the week went on. There were times where he could get bullied backwards, but also times where he was able to sit, sit down and show that anchor. So uh, Trevor Penning, same type of deal where, you know, it's you never know what you're going to get when you're talking about FCS players going up to facing F, uh, consistent FBS talent like this at the Senior Bowl. And there were there were times, no question, when, uh, you know, pass rushers gave him trouble. Uh, and he was – I don't know if he was just trying to – overpower everybody and you know not rely on his hands and just kind of use his body or but his technique was off but at the same time when you just watch him move in space and you realize okay he he, the foot quickness is there the power is there the frame and length are there he just needs coached up and so I think from when you just want to boil it down to the traits to see how he moves I think that's where he's kind of the winner here and I think he's going to go in the first round I, I don't know that he uh, necessarily separate himself as a guy that should go or be considered in the top 10. Like maybe we thought he could with a, a, a really standout week, but I still think he showed, Hey, I'm a first round pick because of my traits, because of where I'm headed. And, and Oh yeah, he was, is the meanest dude out there and he does not apologize for it. Uh, there are many times where he got into a little bit of a, a shouting match, a little bit of a scuffle with pass rushers who weren't too happy being thrown to the ground. And some of it, he needs to control a little bit that, that controlled aggression, but I tell you what, talking to scouts uh, about it, they love to see it. They, they love to see that aggression, that mean attitude. Uh, you, you'd rather a guy be a little too mean and try to reel it back as opposed to being a little too passive. So I, I thought Penning did have a good week, even though it was a little up and down. I'm glad you mentioned that at the end of your response there about the extracurricular activities involved in Mobile in terms of Trevor Penning, because it's something I wanted to bring up. There were a couple of times where you saw – Penning go after a guy even after the whistle on the other side of the play. And to your point, the defensive linemen were not too happy about it. So you think that, or you think that scouts think based on what you've heard, that that's a, that's a check Mark in their books, as opposed to a demerit. Well, at least the ones I talked to, I mean, I watching the tape um, from Thursday, from Thursday's practice, uh, I was watching the tape Thursday night uh in my hotel room in mobile and uh there was one clip where uh i think it was tyreek smith ohio state pass rusher oh yeah uh, oh yes it was he just tossed him and i i cut up the clip and i tweeted it and i also sent it to a scout buddy uh and he just responded with three words i love it i mean again you want to see a guy with that fired up attitude you know it again does he need to dial it back yes I, i think control and aggression is what you want to see more so than undisciplined aggression. But you want to see that aggression because there's too many uh, offensive linemen that once they get to the NFL and you have to face some of the monsters in the in the NFL on the defensive line, they just, they will, they're not ready for that. Uh, and so, but a guy like Trevor Penning, he showed, hey, yeah, I, I have the mindset, I have the physicality, and I'm ready for whatever you throw at me. 
All right, that was a great response. Let's move into guard center. You have Zion Johnson as the winner. We, we've talked about him. We were talking about him in Mobile, how he was having a good week, playing some center for the first time. I don't really want to focus on him. I just have one question about Chattanooga's Cole Strange. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the single bar face mask that he wears? Oh, I, yeah, I, a lot of respect. No gloves, the old school <laughs> face mask. Uh, this dude, he knows what he's doing. Uh, and I, and I kind of said before the uh, pra- week of practice, if there was a, a Quinn Miners in this draft, Quinn Miners being a D3 player last year who went up a couple rounds based off his performance in Mobile, ended up being a third-round pick to the Broncos, uh, if there was a Quinn Miners in this senior bowl class, I thought it'd be Cole Strange, uh, who was recruited as a defensive end at a high school, makes the switch to offensive line, uh, played guard, played center uh, it, during the week. And I thought he did a nice job. One of the few guys who could stand up uh, a Travis Jones from from UConn, who had some success against a Perry on Winfrey. So I thought Cole Strange helped himself. And the old school style, uh, you got to love it. I loved it too. I mean, that... Just seeing him on the field, you're like, who, who is this guy with the single bar face mask? And then you watch him practice. He, he had a pretty good week down there in Mobile. You know, one guy I do want to talk about a little more, we talked about him last week, is Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State because the Jets coaching staff did not coach him. He was a part of the American team. He was debatably the best player in all of Mobile, at least. So it seemed that he was one of the guys that if you were like, who had the best week, he would definitely be on the short list. So with his stock, the way that it's trending right now, paired along with the uncertainty at the top of the draft in the top 15, could Jermaine Johnson, in your eyes, end up being a top 15 pick and, hypothetically speaking, be a potential option for the Jets at 10? I think so. Um, I I think that when you look at this pass rush uh, group uh, of prospects, you've got Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau at the top. And then I think that next tier of pass rushers uh, Jermaine Johnson's right there with guys like David Ajabo and Carl Loftus from Purdue. Uh, you know, guys that are, are maybe just not quite on that top tier, but they're they're really good prospects. And I think where uh, Jermaine Johnson has a little bit of an edge is I think you you just know what you're getting with him. Uh, you know, he's can play the run. He can get after the quarterback. Uh, the length, the agility, the active hands. There's nuance to what he's doing out there. Uh, he's disruptive, uh, again, both versus the run and the pass. Uh, I think he's an every-down NFL starter and, and a guy that can get you uh, or at least going to push for double-digit sacks uh, once he's in the NFL. So really active player. Um, I, I think there are, you know, the get-off isn't elite necessarily. It's not like uh, he doesn't have David Ajabo's get-off, but he still can get to the quarterback because of his ability to set up blockers, his active hands, his ability to go through blockers, go around them. So uh, Jermaine Johnson, uh, yeah, I don't think it, it would take much for a team to talk themselves into him as a top 15 pick. The other guys that you mentioned as players who deserve mention all happen to be on the national team. When you talk about guys like the Penn Staters, Jesse Lucada, Arnold Ebiketti, I say that right? You got him. Oh, man. that was All right, good, good. Dominique Robinson, and then uh, – is it Majai Sanders or my Jai? Because I'm my thinking Jai. like my, I'm thinking like my ties. You know, right? Maybe it's my Jai, and it is. So, of those guys, is there anybody that you think had a the best week out of the national team of those guys? Uh, you know, I think it was mixed. Dominic Robinson definitely stood out. Um, you know, I, we've talked about his story before. Of a high school quarterback uh, goes to Miami of Ohio as a wide receiver, makes the move to pass rusher. 
uh, as, as a junior. And, you know, he doesn't look like a former wide receiver. He looks like a built dude with the length that you want, the athleticism that you want off the edge. Uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that's older. He's going to be a 24 year old rookie, but in terms of his experience on the defensive line, he's young. And so I think there's still upside there for him. Um, I, I think there's, you know, there's several of these, you know, you mentioned, uh, my J, my J Sanders, sorry. Uh, that's, that's my what it is. J. Yeah. My J Sanders. Uh, he's, you know, another guy who's a little bit older, going to be a 24 year old rookie. And you look at the stat sheet, doesn't necessarily jump off the page. He only had two and a half sacks this year. But it was kind of how he was used at Cincinnati. He played more of a, a five technique or a four eye where uh, he's taking on blocks. He's not just pinning his ears back and getting after the quarterback. Uh, but he does have that get off that you want to see. He does have that athleticism, uh, the backfield speed. So Sanders might be a player who uh, doesn't have the production that jumps out in college. But once he gets into the right system as a, you know, a guy that can stand up a little bit, you want him as a wide rusher. Uh, be able to show off that athleticism. Uh, so in the right scheme, Sanders could surprise some people. All right, well, let's move to the interior of the defense. Perhaps my favorite player of the week, just watching him practice and the energy that he brought on game day, Perry and Winfrey, Oklahoma defensive tackle. What did you think of him entering the week? And where has his stock risen after last week in Mobile? Yeah, and I, I settled on Winfrey as my top winner at defensive line. And, and it pained me not to go with Travis Jones or some of these other guys who just had a great week, uh, Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. Uh, but Winfrey, he was the guy that each practice was making something happen. Uh, I think first and foremost, you mentioned the energy. That's That stood out. I mean, he was raising the, the, the temperature of practice with the way he was getting his teammates fired up. Because I mean, he spent more time off the ground. He's jumping up and down. He's, he's excited about making plays. Uh, you, first, so first and foremost, you love the energy. And then just what his ability to beat you with quickness, beat you with power. I and mean, he showed the full array of what you want to see. Eighty Over 86-inch wingspan is just ridiculous. Uh, so size-wise, he stood out as well. Um, and then you love, again, I mentioned this earlier, how not only did it do it in practice, but in the game, he showed up. That same energy, it did not uh, fade at all. Five tackles, three tackles for loss, two sacks. Uh, he was the MVP of the Senior Bowl, and he deserved it with the way he played. Um, I, I thought that coming in, he was viewed as probably a third-round type of guy. Now, you know, maybe move him up around. I think, you know, teams are going to be going back to the tape to say, okay, did we see this week in, week out with him on the Oklahoma tape? Because I didn't think we did. We saw more of an inconsistent player. Uh, but, you know, at Senior Bowl, he really created a little bit of buzz for himself. So Perrion Winfrey definitely left uh, Mobile as a, as a winner in this draft class. All right, well, let's jump back to the offensive side of the ball. Somebody that Jets fans probably didn't see a whole lot of if they were really following the national team as opposed to the American team is Jalen Tolbert, who played in his home stadium. Hancock-Whitney Stadium is a South Alabama Jaguar, and the national team had some good players at receiver. You talk about guys like Christian Watson, right? Um, Shakir out of Boise State, Khalil Shakir. But Jalen Tolbert wasn't a guy that Jets fans were able to follow if they were just following the national practices day in and day out. So why was Jalen Tolbert your winner at receiver for the week? Well, he was the top receiver coming in, and he lived up to it. I, I thought that, you know, especially for a guy coming from South Alabama, uh, you know, he doesn't have a ton of uh, tape versus Power 5 teams. Uh, but, you know, he dominated. Uh, he he could have come out last year. Came back for a senior year, and he had a really good senior year. 
goes to the senior bowl, like you said, plays in his home stadium, and he looked like the top receiver there, like you expected. And that's what you want to see from a guy like that. Uh, not a burner in terms of just pure speed, but love the way that he can mix his gears so he can release and then he can separate uh, downfield. He can stack and, and then get over top the receiver, steady hands. Um, you know, I think when you talk about, and we talked about this wide receiver class before, you know, the top six guys are all in that top 25, top 30 mix. And then that next tier, Tolbert's right there, uh, you know, with a few other players, but Tolbert's right there in that mix to be, uh, I think, an early second round pick. He's got that ability. And, and so I think it was just good for teams to, to see him out there and for him not to wilt under the pressure against better competition. He looked like he belonged. And what's his game style, if you had to describe it for people who don't know? Well, again, not a burner, but a guy that understands how to play the position. Uh, he understands his routes. Uh, he can gain leverage versus coverage. Uh, reliable hands. Uh, a guy that can win, uh, play above the rim and win over defensive backs when uh, you know there's 50-50 opportunities. So uh, I think Jalen Tolbert is a guy that you know the 40-yard dash is going to be important for him. He just you know he can't run a four-six, but as long as he gets in the low four-fives, uh, which you know it's not an amazing time. But I think it'll be a good time for him. Uh, as long as he gets in the low four fives, I think it'll, which I think will confirm what we saw on tape. Uh, you know, I, I think he's a guy that moves well out there and he knows what he's doing. And, and that's at receiver, especially a guy that you want to contribute pretty early in your career. You need a guy that understands how to beat coverage based off of his movements, based off his cadence. And, and I think you have that uh, with Jalen Tolbert. Another guy that Jets fans didn't see or that the Jets coaching staff didn't get to coach on, on a day in day out basis who was on the American team, your winner at corner for the week, Tariq Woolen. Yeah. What what made him the winner, and what is his game, and why do you like him as a prospect? Well, first of all, he won weigh-ins, uh, 6'3", uh, over 200 pounds for a corner, uh, pretty impressive size. Uh, and he's a former wide receiver, so he's only been playing corner for a few years now, and he was up to the task against this, these wide receivers. For a guy that's that long, has those long legs, you worry about his change of direction, his ability to play sudden with some short area quickness uh, at receiver. But I thought he did a nice job. He stayed composed. He stayed patient uh, out of his stance. And he did a really nice job uh, anticipating routes and staying on top of them. And then, of course, showing that length of the catch point. So even when he did lose a step where the receiver was able to get over top of him, he can recover because of that size. And, you know, again, we're, we're in, a in a league where length, size, and speed are all valued. Tariq Woolen also had the fastest uh, mile per hour uh, that uh, Zebra Technologies has uh, has tracked over the last four years. They've been doing this at the Senior Bowl, uh, almost 23 miles per hour. So I think you check off the boxes, size, length, speed, right there, those raw traits, teams are going to want to develop that. And so I think he, uh, I'm working on my top 100 right now, my updated top 100. He's a lock for my top 100. It's just now, where do I want to put him? You know, how early do you want to put a guy like this who has uh, still room to grow, still room to develop, but, you know, just check boxes, check boxes in terms of the things you can't coach with the, the length and the speed. Just to clarify, he has the fastest GPS tracking from Zebra Technology that they've had in the past four years in total? At, at the Senior Bowl. Uh, at the Senior Bowl. Right. At the Senior Bowl, yeah. Zebra Technologies have been doing this since 2018. Uh, and so for the past four years, uh, I, I, I think only four players uh, have gotten above 22 miles per hour. And uh, he was one right. of them. He, and he had the fastest time. Uh, so pretty impressive. Uh, next fastest, I think, was um, Terry McLaurin a couple years ago yeah, from I, Ohio I, State. I, I, I saw somebody tweet that, and I, I was going to mention yeah. McLaurin. 
Okay. All right. So so he's got he's got the goods in terms of things you can't coach. And yeah. be sure to look out for Dane's top 100, whatever that is going to be published. As Dane said, he's working on it as we speak. And uh, let's move to safety. This is a guy that I don't know if we talked about last week. Jalen Petrie out of Baylor feels like an intriguing option for any team. And I'm just looking at it through a Jets lens. Doesn't seem like I don't know what round Jalen Petrie is going to go in. You would know better than I am or better than I would. But it feels like Jalen Petrie is just kind of a, a smart, well-rounded player and can kind of do a little bit of everything. Is that is that true or is that false? No, I think that's true. Uh, he played a, a hybrid role in Dave Aranda's defense. He played that star role where, it, you know, he played a little bit of linebacker. He played on the edge, played deep. Uh, so, you know, you, you watch the tape and it's kind of like, where's Waldo? You got to find him. Uh, and, you know, you got to figure out, okay, does he have a towel on his hip? Does he have, you know, because it makes it easier than trying to read the numbers. Uh, so you're like, okay, you know, one plays in the box. The next he's on the edge as a blitzer. Uh, I mean, last year he had 18 tackles for loss, 18 tackles for loss as a safety. That just tells you how he was used in that Baylor defense. He'll play in the slot, so he'll cover. I mean, there's a reason this guy was Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year uh, this past season. Uh, there's a lot of versatility with what he offers. Uh, I think he has a natural feel for spacing and proximity and angles, that football geometry. He has a really good feel for that. Uh, and so he's a really good tackler. I, I think he's a kind of ideal uh, to play that big nickel role uh, and take advantage of that versatility, that spatial awareness. Uh, so you could play him uh, against a slot uh, receiver. You could play him as more in the box as a, as a player that's going to go up against tight ends and blitz and things like that. So uh, Petrie, I thought, was uh, the best safety down there and, and a guy that's got a, a real chance to go in the top 60 picks. All right. And I'll give the cliff notes for everybody listening at quarterback just because the Jets aren't going to draft a quarterback, at least the the top guys, right? If they want to draft one later for a developmental prospect, that may be the case. We'll find out in April. But these, these are cliff notes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Kenny Pickett had a good week. feel like everyone had, had, a, had their moments. Malik Willis is a high upside player with traits. We saw his mobility in the game, and it feels like and you, I think you, you tweeted this or you wrote it. It's Kenny Pickett gap everybody else, according to one of the scouts that you spoke to. So, well, to clarify, real- that was the interviews. Um, you know, the I interviews. think, gotcha. yeah, that, that was, that, I asked, uh, I just texted a scout and said, you know, who, give me the power rank how the quarterbacks did in the interview process. And he responded, Pickett, gap, everyone else. And I, and I don't think that was necessarily a way to, knock any of these other quarterbacks. I think it just speaks to Kenny Pickett and a guy that's, you know, uh, played five years in college, uh, you know, a guy that's seen a lot of football. I mean, he has really got a, 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 he's got a very good understanding of what defenses are trying to do to him, what he needs to do as a quarterback. Um, I, he's just very, a little more advanced than these other quarterbacks in that respect. And that's not to say these other quarterbacks didn't do well in the interview process. It's just Kenny Pickett's just a little further along in that respect. The quarterback uh, cluster and jostling for position is going to be real interesting as yeah. we move along here in the pre-draft process. But let me ask you this. You you detailed tremendously on The Athletic about the winners. Is there anybody that didn't meet your expectations outside of Trevor Penning because we talked about him? Yeah, you know, I, I, I thought that there were, um, you know, a few of these tight ends um, maybe didn't blow me away like I thought they were like Cole Turner uh from Nevada I think I was surprised he's a former wide receiver and so I I shouldn't be surprised but just how skinny he you know his lower body is and 
Um, you know, he's more of that going to be that matchup tight end. I don't know that what he's going to be able to give you as a blocker. Um, and so I, I think that's kind of the question with him. We know he can go up and catch the football, but um, he's going to just going to have to be more of a mismatch tight end. And uh, you have to really have a specific role for him. So that'll be important. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't think there were too many quote unquote losers because uh, you know, when you go to an all-star game like this, I, the guys that stand out are really the guys that impress. Uh, but, you know, I give, I have a ton of respect for all these players that go and compete because, you know, it's, it's easy to, you know, for some of these, some of these prospects to turn it down and say, I'll just rely on my tape. Uh, I, I give credit to everyone that went there and competed. So I, I really don't try to, I try to stay away from many of the guys that disappointed or, you know, the losers from the week. I respect, I respect that. That was a great answer. Let, let me ask you this. Is a real shot in the dark here, or you might have to throw a dart to answer this question, but after watching the national practices, after seeing who was on the Jets team, the way that you know the Jets like to operate on offense and defense and even special teams, is there any match that you particularly like, whether that's rounds one through seven, that you're like, you know what, I think this player would be really interesting on the Jets for any reason? Uh, all the offensive linemen, maybe every <laughs> single one of them, just, you know, figure out how to plug them in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that would make sense. Um, you know, Dominique Robinson, you know, I, I, like a guy in the third or fourth round, if you're looking for, you know, let's just say the jets in, you know, the first two rounds, they, they address wide receiver and corner and offensive line, uh, and they don't address pass rusher yet. If they're going to look for a pass rusher in the third or fourth round, I think Dominique Robinson, uh, makes a ton of sense with, you know, just kind of his his arrows pointing up, his trajectory is pointing up as a pass rusher and what he offers. Uh, I think he's got the athleticism that uh, the Jets want at that position, but he also has a projectable body and a guy that's going to get better and better. So that one kind of stood out to me as as someone that made sense. Same thing with Boye Mafe from Minnesota. Uh, he was on the national team, right? I'm uh, pretty sure. Yep. Uh, yeah. So he, I think that's another one who, and uh, in, in, he might go higher than than that after his combine performance. He's going to blow up the combine. He's, he's going to have, you know, a 42-inch vert and just, I mean, he is a freaky, freaky dude. Uh, another guy that showed up uh, in the game in a big way. I thought I had a, a solid week of practice, but in the game, he really showed up with his ability to rush off the edge. I think he needs to get better as a run defender. That's kind of, you know, the hang up with uh, Mafe. But as a pass rusher, we know he could bring it. And especially at the combine, he's really going to be someone that creates buzz based on his results. So, uh, you know, I think some of these pass rushers really stood out as maybe being a fit for that jet scheme. All right, Dane, let's wrap up with this. It's a non-football related question, okay. right? Just how happy are you to be back home where you could, you could eat what you want. Not everything's fried. You could have a salad at your disposal if you want, <laughs> because in mobile, sometimes eating healthy could be uh, problematic or could be a challenge. Should I say? Yeah. Well, you know, I've never had a salad in my life, so no salads here. Um, <laughs> But you yeah, never had one salad. I, no, truth, truthfully, never had a salad in my life. I just that, that wow. does not it does not look appealing to me. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm not okay. not the healthiest eater. But uh, yeah, it is good to be home, and you know, I it felt good to see the kids, and uh, you know, I, I I took advantage of getting some sleep uh, down there in Mobile because you know, I got back here, and it was you know 2 a.m. wake up calls from my six month old twins, and. Uh, you know, there's always something going on here. So while, you know, it's kind of uh, good to be home, but you know, it's a lot of, a lot of work to be done back here. So it was uh, good to see the family. That's for sure. 
All right, that's a great way to wrap up this episode of NFL Draft Preview. That was the Senior Bowl wrap-up. The winners won. uh, No losers. We don't have any losers here on NFL Draft Preview. So thanks for your time, Dane, as always, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, Ethan.